Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by Freshly. Getting a quality dinner on the table every night doesn't have to be so hard. Freshly chefs send you delicious, freshly prepared meals so you can eat better without any of the work, no cooking or cleanup required. Delivered to your door fresh, their meals are ready when you are. Freshly chefs and nutritionists make sure that every meal is nutritious and made with high-quality, all-natural ingredients. So now you can come home late and still have a delicious chef-cooked meal waiting for you. Try Freshly, and you'll see what it's like to put zero effort into making dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Woj to get $25 off your first order of six meals. That's $25 off plus free shipping at Freshly.com slash Woj. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Woj Pod here in Cleveland on site of the NBA Finals with Utah Jazz rookie star Donovan Mitchell. We talk about his first season with the Jazz, emerging as a star in this league, and a pretty amazing journey from just a year ago where Mitchell wondered whether he even should enter the NBA draft to a player now. Utah plans to build an entire franchise around so here's my conversation with Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, what's up? Not much. Out here at the finals, having a good time. You're doing like the media tour. Yeah, I'm, I'm a media. I'm, I'm taking your job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, can't. <laughs> I know one thing. I can't take yours. So. <laughs> Since the season ended, EuroLeague Final Four, your camp in Connecticut, mm-hmm. finals. You've seen a lot of playoff basketball, EuroLeague playoff basketball, mm-hmm. and. uh you know, NBA now finals, but you got deep into it. What has the last two months been like? Um, it's been a whirlwind. The whole playoff series, winning game six, of course, losing to Houston, um, the injury, and then having to not play basketball for a month is probably the hardest thing I've done in a, in a long time. Um, but it's been, it's been crazy. And then, you know, I went to my vacation, just willing to relax, you know, and, Went to the EuroLeague Final Four. It was really exciting. You know, the environment was incredible. You know, the, the, the way they chanted and we're going back and forth with the fans was pretty, pretty sweet. Came back, went to, oh, excuse me, went to Greece. Greece was beautiful. It was incredible. They, um, they love basketball too out there. I was able to surprise a few guys on the court and kind of just, I wish I could play, but just kind of just go out there and, and they had a little dunk contest. It was pretty cool. Did you, did you win the dunk contest? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I didn't get to. I tried. I had, I had the boot on. The boot yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk some about that, but you talk about playing Houston. Like, is there a moment in that Houston series where you're going toe to toe with Harden, and you're in the second round of the playoffs, and you're thinking like nine months ago I didn't even think I should be in the draft, and three months ago we're like ten games under five hundred mm-hmm. and I'm on a lottery team. Was there a part of you going, how, how did I get here? That was pretty much how I've, I'm looking at it now towards after the season. Now it's like, how are we even in this spot? How are we doing this? You know, like, you know, we all believed, but I don't think we knew second round, you know, to be honest. I think that's what kind of took us all by surprise. Um, but man, I think, and you know, after OKC, I think that was probably the only time during the season where I was like able to reflect on something. You know, I usually just kind of focus on the next task ahead. After OKC, we, we really, as a team, we really just like reflected on it. You know, we were, we, I think Ricky, Joe, and I went to sleep at like 4 a.m. We're tweeting at each other like 3 a.m. Um, meanwhile, to play Houston on that Sunday at one o'clock, early game. So it was an amazing experience. 
Because what happened with you guys this year, it doesn't normally go that way. Like, a rookie doesn't come out of nowhere, the back end of the lottery, and dominate the way you did. A team doesn't come from that far back in the standings, get a couple guys healthy. It, it almost felt like a college team that got mm-hmm. on a run. Yeah. And you, you, you've been on those in college. Is that a little what it... It, it felt like it just like a... Um I guess you could say like it was like a joyride. You know, we, we just got hot and we never looked back. And the bigger part of it was Rudy coming back. You know, Rudy coming back solidified our defense on the back end and, you know, just played our hearts out, you know, played together as a unit. You know, and the biggest thing that I'm happy with is we're not done. Like, this is this is not it. You know, it's not like, you know, um, oh, we'll be good this year and the next year we'll just be happy we made it last year. Um, you know, we want to we wanna do – much more than we did this year, you know, for myself personally, for everybody as a team. And I think that that's our mindset. And I think that mindset that we have will help us, you know, get better and, and continue to do better. Your relationship with Quinn Snyder and, and the way he kind of just sort of remade that team on the fly, like you had injuries and then I think he kept giving you more and more. It wasn't all there day one. I think his trust in you and his belief that you could do more. Guys have loved playing for him. I think anybody who's been in the league, who I think even Gordon saw, like Gordon got better every year there. They built a system around him, the way they're building it around you. Um, you played for a great college coach, Rick Pitino. What what makes Quinn unique? What is it about that place that it seems like he gets the most, not just out of the individual, but but the parts? It makes the parts fit. Um, he's a he's a player's coach. You know, he's genuine. You know, he's wholesome. which is not easy to find, you know, and I've, I've noticed that, you know, guys who he's selfless, you know, he's, he's not worried. You know, sometimes coaches are concerned about their job security, you know what I mean? And he's worried about our security, which is the complete opposite. You know, I think that's what players love. You know, he's, he's a genuine guy. Um, as far as player development goes, you know, he game planning wise, I've never seen a coach besides Coach Patino play pays such attention to little details. You know, I've had the opportunity of watching the two practices um, from Cleveland and Golden State, and ours is ran completely differently, even throughout the playoffs. It's more so like a college atmosphere, but obviously we don't practice for three, four hours. But, like, the attention to detail is so, so small. Whether we're even for walking through, if we're three inches off where we're supposed to be, he'll let us know and we'll redo it. You know, I think that. It drills in your head that you got to be in the right spot at the right times. And in order, if one person messes up, then we all mess up. You know what I mean? So I think that builds that relationship and that chemistry with the, throughout the team. Donovan, at what point did you get where you started to believe? Like you said, I remember this time last year, you were trying to get opinions around the NBA about whether you should stay in the draft. And I remember there were teams in the back end of the in the twenties saying, "Yeah, we're going to draft him if he's in." I don't know if Rick Pitino was telling you that but the he was not telling he, me that he's told me that i had to like if you want if i in order for me to leave he wanted me to be a lottery pick that was the goal and at the time when i left what was that i wasn't a lottery pick was I? I i don't i don't think so i think it was 20th 24 was the highest that i had heard at that time i think it was okc was the highest that i had been hearing at that point in time at 22 yeah so like took a leap of faith you know i took i bet on myself you know um Never really done that, to be honest with, to be honest with you. I've always been secure, make sure I have my surroundings. But this was like, you know, if this doesn't work, you know, you really, what do you have to turn, what do you have to turn to? Two years of college, you leave. So now it's my first really real jump of leap of, leap of faith. And it, fortunately it turned out to, to be great, you know, and, um, 
But at that time, I was still trying to get a, gather opinions from people. And I went to CAA, pay for my trip out to L.A. for five days. And, you know, within the first week, I decided I was I was ready to stay. I've, obviously, you've heard the story with, with CP, PG, and then Don, um, Don McLean. And they really convinced me, you know, to be to go into the draft. And now from, to go from that to be here, it's insane. When you saw what happened at Louisville, after you left, I mean, was it even more of a relief that you didn't have to live through that? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a relief. Um, I would think it was it was scary, you know, because those are my friends. Those are those are my guys, and to see that happen through all that, I felt bad. You know, I felt bad when I not not regretted my decision, but I just felt bad. Like, man, those are those are my guys, you know. And it's tough to leave a group like that when you are guys are so close knit. We live in the same dorm. We have our own dorm. But um, at the same time, you know, you I guess you could say relieved, you know, feel relieved that you made this decision. That man, like, you know, timing is everything. Timing is incredible, and God works in, in mysterious ways. Was there a moment this season or maybe a period of time where you felt like you crossed over into something else as a player, whether it was belief, whether it was Quinn giving you more? And the sense I always got with your teammates were there's certain situations where they want to hold a rookie back. Guys want to for their own roles and sort of squash it. And the sense I always got with Joe Ingles, Ricky, Rudy, it was like, kid, do more, like carry us. Like, was all that happen at once? I wouldn't say at once. Uh, the beginning of the year, I was trying to find my way. Um, Rodney Hood played a huge instrumental part into my development as far as getting used to whether it's the the rotation or the – the play calls or anything ball being at the two spot because he, he had been through it for so long. Um, so he knew what coach wanted. He knew when coach was screaming what he was really saying, you know, listen to the message as opposed to the tone, you know. So he helped me out with that. And then as far as when well, after he left, you know, I was uh, Joe, Ricky, Rudy, Thabo, um, Jay, Crowder, Epe Udo, like those guys, I really turned to all of them and just asked them questions, like nonstop just asked them questions. And they really gave me, the green light to like make mistakes. And when I made mistakes, they let me know how to fix it and how to not make those mistakes again. And I think in this league, as, as you know, it's not always the case. Uh, you know, whether a rookie's doing their thing, or some vets are like, I'm doing my own thing. You know, I'm trying to get paid essentially. You know, I'm not worried about your development. I'm trying to do my own thing. So for, for that to happen is, um, it's pretty special. Most rookies just are trying to figure out like how to fit in. Like, where do I? Like, how do I make an impact in the league? And when all of a sudden you go from a player like on the edge of the lottery to a rookie of the year, really one of two in everyone's minds, and a guy now leading his team through the playoffs, like, what did you learn about, like, what's asked of a star in this league? Like, you start to get a feeling of what it means to be a franchise player, like that greater responsibility that most guys don't start to feel to their third or fourth year maybe of your caliber, yeah, you, it, it was happening You right realize away. that there are no such thing as off nights. You can't have them. Um, you hold yourself to a higher standard. Um, I've always done that naturally, so I think that played it. It was easier for me to kind of adjust to that because I expected a lot more than anybody else expected of myself. So you learn that, you know, you you score 20 a game, like that's what we need tonight. That's what the team needs. You know, a guy that I look up to like CP, you know, he's more of a assist guy. But, you know, look at Dame, who I've gotten close to as well. Like, Dame, like, he goes out, he averages 25, 26. That's what you need tonight. You know, you can't give him anything less because 
that's, that's your contribution. That's what you do. And I do, I try to do a lot more than just be the 20 point guy. I try to be a better passer, become a better three point shooter, be a better defender. There's so many different things I want to work on. But like, that was the one thing I, I, I realized, like, that's your role. You have to be a master at it for all 82. You can't be, uh, for this 45, I'm going to do this. And then for the next however many games, I'm going to do that. You know, you got to be consistent throughout the, throughout your year. Those older star players in the league that you got to know pre-draft, Paul George, Chris Paul, the kinds of questions you were asking them before the season, when you would see guys later in the year and you started to figure this thing out, were the questions you were asking people about kind of what was coming or what you were going through, were they changing? Were you really wanting to know this kind of speeding along the whole thing? A lot of it definitely did change. My first questions were, Chris Paul, he beat me and Luke Kennard in a drill, and time remembers this, without dribbling to five from the elbow. So that was my first welcome to the NBA like moment, and I was like, okay, I don't think I'm, if he's doing this, I'm first team all defense at Lewis, so I take pride in it, I'm, I'm ready. Luke's first team all ACC, so I'm like, he just beat both of us without taking a dribble. Like, so I'm like, am I even ready for this? Like, you know, am I doing the right thing? And then it turned from, am I ready for this to, Man, I just scored 41 points and had a crazy game. How do you bounce back? How do you respond and keep that up? How do I keep that up and not let it go away? And then it came to I won one rookie of the month and him telling me that's not what we're here for. Like, that's not why you're in the league. You're in the league for one thing. It's a championship. To later on the season, um, picking your spot, slowing the game down, um, how to be more poised in late game situations to the playoffs. Well, we didn't really talk second round, but first round it was like, and even I didn't talk to PG much first round, but it was like when we we played an OKC series, we lost game one, one game two, after game two, I think I had like twenty seven, twenty six or whatever it had been. So I'm like, I asked, went immediately went to Chris, and I was like, all right, if you're regarding me, if you're playing against me, why I just scored twenty six, twenty seven, I'm playing well. What are you doing game three to stop me? Uh, what are you doing game four to stop me? What are you doing game five to stop me? And I think those type of questions developed throughout the year. So I think they became more mature questions and and questions that we didn't think would ever arise until, like you said, year three, year four. The the level of, you, you talk about, you score 41 and you're saying to yourself, like, what? How do I do it again? How do I keep the mindset? And, and that's what the great ones have because a lot of guys, there are a lot of guys in the league who scored 40 points in a game and then they're satisfied to not do it again. Is that what you sort of see, that there's a ferocity, Chris has it as much as anybody, right, that you've just got to bring every day? And every it is day. hard to do over 82, you played, you know, 90-plus games this year. It, it is. It's definitely tough to, to bring that, that fire and that energy. But, you know, I've been one that, you know, I'm not trying to be – I've been saying this my whole life like I has been. You know, like, oh, he was good in his time or he was good for that short period of time. I want to be good for a long time. You know, that's my goal. I want to be – so that my, my kids, kids, you know, like, like bring up, you know, I want to be that, that leave a name and leave a legacy. You know, I don't want to be good for two or three years. You know, I want to continue to keep it going. And having guys like Chris and PG in my corner is definitely a good start. You know, I can ask them many questions on how they maintain their longevity in this league. But yeah, I just, I just really want to be able to do it as much as possible to do what I've been doing and exceed and excel and do more and do more and, and carry a lot more as throughout my years and hopefully get better. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, 
Hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj, W-O-J. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj, W-O-J. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj, W-O-J. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. When you got drafted and came in and then Gordon Hayward leaves pretty quickly after the draft into free agency, what was the hangover like there? You're coming into a place where it was like, Maybe this group can be the eighth seed. Maybe we can get in the playoffs. And people were down that they couldn't keep a player like that resign. What did you find when you walked in the door there? I didn't find a team that thought about rebuilding at all, which to me personally was a shock. I was like, wow, that's impressive. You know, that an organization loses their best player, their starting point guard, their backup point guard, and Boris Dia. So people always look at they lost Gordon Hayward. They lost three starters. So for that to happen and to bring in – bringing the group that we had you it just showed that we were ready to keep going and to continue to build what we have you know and I think there was no real feeling when Gordon left I, I didn't know what to feel I didn't know what to expect to be honest I was just like okay they're leaving we're probably going to get somebody in free agency you know didn't end up getting someone that we had wanted but we got what we needed you know with Thabo coming in Thabo taught me so many things off the floor on the floor Ricky Ricky's been my guy throughout, as you know, been throughout the entire season. You know, he's helped me play in the point guard spot. Um, Jonas Jerebko, um, guys, Royce O'Neal, myself, you know, guys who add Tony Bradley, um, guys who add a spark to, to what we need and continue to continue to be the team that we need to be instead of going south and expecting just to build up from there. The respect you have for veteran players and the way you defer to Joe Ingles and guys who've been in the league, Rudy, how much of that do you think comes from having grown up around the Mets clubhouse and like watching like a young David Wright interact with teammates. Like did that sort of shape how you viewed how a young player fits into a group? I think David's a good example. Watching David, you know, cause I've seen a lot of guys throughout the league and MLB who I thought or should have been stars, but they don't listen. You know, that was the one thing I always heard. They don't listen. There were guys in the AU system that I grew up playing with great 10 times better than me didn't listen many all-star games that i've played in high school guys who were really good didn't listen you know that was the constant theme didn't listen did things their own way got cocky got so my thing was i can't do that i can't be another one of those guys that's like all right i'm i'm not gonna listen so like for that for me it was big my biggest thing was the older guys know they've been here they've done it in order for me to continue my success i have to listen i have to be someone who who listens and it may not always be what i want to hear but it is the right thing that i need to hear and i think that 
developed just from my childhood. Um, my mom telling me that a thousand times, you know, you just need to listen. You know, I left public school, went to private school, didn't know anybody in private school. I didn't want to do it, but it was the best thing for me. You know, so I think that's just the respect that I have for people who are older than me. Greenwich Country Day. Yeah. You went there as a sophomore. Greenwich Country Day. What was that like walking in first day of school? <laughs> I make the joke. My friend, um, CJ Tyler, um, CJ Tyler and Brian Jordan, uh, one of my, what we called a play date back then, you know, he went to their house and you would go and, and, um, just chill for a little bit. So I went over there and these were some of the biggest houses I've ever seen. And I never told them the story. So hopefully if they see this, it'll be the first time they hear this. I never heard, never told them. I get into the house and I got lost like four straight times just trying to find the bathroom. You know, and I'm like, man, like this is not, this is not what I'm used to. This is different. Like I'm, um, I'm the only, like one of the few African American kids there. Um, it was a completely different experience for me, but I made my best friends going to school there. You know, I'm friends with all those guys, CJ and Brian to this day. So it's really cool to have friendships like that. And it taught me so much. It taught, they, we, we did public speaking from at an early age, learn how to write script, little things that you wouldn't know contributes in like, the real world you know i learned that at such a young age when i got to college when i got to high school i was like oh we already did this like this is this is simple this is easy you know i'm public speaking i didn't realize how much it would help me with well what i'm doing now speaking in front of kids and 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 crowds and man that that's that school is is incredible that time in your life where you you talked about it like you weren't a star you weren't you were like the third best player on like a pretty good aau team like you weren't on like a national power and you see this, you know, the, the comparison a lot of people have made with you is Dwayne Wade. That was the first thing when you started out early, a top assistant coach in the league said to me after you lit them up, like, I just saw Dwayne Wade. He's Dwayne Wade. And, and that was a comparison. And there's, and except maybe shot it better. Dwayne's a late bloomer. Like there's certain guys who it's hard when you are the guy at 13 or 14. That's why to me, LeBron, it's even more remarkable what he's done because he was identified so young and guys lose hunger. They, and he never did, right? Like, there's a pattern with guys like you that it did not come easy, and it you don't take it for granted. You don't. And, you know, I was ranked around 42nd in the final ESPN thing, and that was the biggest accomplishment to me. And I didn't realize until, I, like, right, right around now in college that all that stuff at that young age doesn't mean anything. And if that's one thing I could tell the kids, you know, going through it now, like, those videos, the Twitter, Instagram followers, the the rankings, like none of that means anything. You know, you look at Westbrook, who I don't know, Clay Thompson, those guys weren't even McDonald's All Americans. I wasn't, you know, so it's not the end all be all if you're like up there. And that's the one thing I've learned I've learned, you know, that's my message to a lot of kids going through this high school stuff because if you continue to work and continue to be a dog, CJ McCollum, another one, Damian Lillard, I don't think he was a McDonald's All American. You know, if you continue to work and trust and have faith in yourself, then that's all you need. You know, you don't really need anybody else's approval to say that you're the best and to say that you're good. As long as you believe it in yourself and continue to be humble and continue working, then you'll be good and you'll be, you know, somebody will find you. Like they, they have scouts that were with me in, in, in Serbia. You know, I have never been to Serbia and there were tens of thousands of scouts. Like, so if you're good, they'll find you and they'll know where to go. You, you went over to the Euro League playoffs after the Jazz were eliminated. Serbia is always, I've never been there, and you talk to guys who go there, there's a there's a hunger to those players, there's an intensity. You feel that there? For Did sure. You- well, first thing I noticed was there were basketball hoops everywhere. 
reminded me of New York City. You know, it's like, man, like the kids love playing basketball. And it's just that feeling that they want to play. They want to get better. They want, and they're tall. Everybody in Serbia is tall. I don't know what's in the water out there, but they're all like, like they're born six feet. It's, it's crazy. But like they love the game, you know, and I think that's what's lost in today's basketball here in the U.S. Because like some people just do it for Instagram and, and Twitter and the videos. Like, you really genuinely miss guys that love the game, and I think that's that really surprised me. When I went over to that how much people really love the game. Like even now, and I wonder if you see it. I see it all the time. You go by playgrounds, mm. and they're empty. Guys don't just yeah. go and play. It's like Fortnite's well, ruining everything. It's a Fortnite it's ruined a lot. <laughs> in my house. And I see it like kids want to. All right, I'm going to go shoot on the gun for an hour. I'm going to go do a workout. And it's like, I think what's lost when, when I did, I did spent a year with Bob Hurley senior and did a book on them. And he would always talk about the difference between like when Bobby Hurley played his kids, uh, David Rivers, like great guards he had was like, they would go all day to the playground and you would, you know, when you're in the playground and you're just playing, like you can start to go out of your comfort zone. You can take chances. That's how you get better. You like, you can throw the ball out of bounds. You can try something. But when you're always playing either travel basketball and they're keeping score where you're just going to go to your strengths you all the time. You can't work on But there's just like a – Curly used to call them – my point guards are like shut-ins now. They're like robots. And they don't have – it was the generation. They don't go out. They're playing video games or there's something – your game has that. Like you improvise. You And I just think, like you said, the guys who want to play, they, they, they go play. Mm-hmm. I think it starts at a young age, you know. I don't think, to my recollection, and my mama can confirm this, I didn't go out to a party on the weekend until my last year in high school. Like at all. Just because I was either in the gym, had a tournament, was doing something. And I think that's lost in, in a lot of kids nowadays. Everybody wants to, to be distracted, you know? I think video games is a big one too, but, they're, like I said, the love is just different. You know, I would be in my backyard playing basketball all day. You know, uh, I didn't do anything else. Um, I would dribble, dribble basketball and play baseball. Those are my two things. I was so busy that I didn't have time to, like, do anything else, you know. And then my friends would be like, come, come hang over. Like, I can't. I'm going, I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to my baseball tournament. I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think that's one of those things when I went over to Europe and I saw that and it was like, it's completely different. You know, you could see it. Like, you could just see it in someone's eyes. Like, when they actually love basketball. He's throwing basketball. A kid starts dribbling. You know, um, he's throwing basketball to a kid here. Like, pick it up and, like, hold it and, and dribble and then just throw it right back to you. The kid wouldn't give me the ball back. He wanted to go <laughs> shoot in, in, back in Serbia. So, like, I think it's a lost uh, thing in, in the U.S. And I think those guys who are really committed and enjoy love playing basketball is select few. And the thing that jazz guys in talking to Quinn early on and Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck and Joe Ingles, when we were talking about you early when you got there was they talked about your concentration level and, and you just said it like a lot of young guys come and like, you know, you go in the locker room and guys are grabbing their phones and looking and they're not like, it's just a generation. I'm guilty of it, but, but there is something to mentally being there and i'm not sure a lot of your peers they all have that i think you know for me coming into this season was like especially like it's your first year like you know you don't know anything this is uncharted territory you have no no one in your family's done it no one has has done this and you need to to pay all in and i'm not saying i'm going to change like i I don't 
I'm not wanting to change, but you know, I think, like I said, uh, social media is a hell of a drug. <laughs> you know, it, that's it is. I'm on it a lot. You know, I'm on it a lot. But in the same right, I'm still in the gym. I'm getting lifts in. I'm getting work in. But you know, it's one of those things that I put my 100 percent of my concentration in what is being told to me. You know, so I can be the best. You know, one thing I've one guy I've watched incredibly a lot is, is Kobe. And I was never a Kobe fan growing up. You know, I was all Team LeBron. Like, that was it. Um, that was the debates we have in school. And I get to the league, and the first thing I notice is his mentality, you know, his concentration, his his work ethic um, is is unmatched. And that's why, like, him and Russell Westbrook, those two guys, like, they their work ethic is unmatched. And I think that goes back to, like, that older generation of, you know, just locking in and concentrating and focus on the task at hand. And then when you're done with that, then you can go handle your other stuff. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by Full Sail University. Full Sail University combines hands-on learning, immersive projects, and faculty with real-world experience to prepare students for life in the media industry. And for the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, they brought in some of sports media's best to be a part of this program. Longtime ESPN producer and multi-Emmy winner Gus Ramsey is heading up the program and sportscasting pros such as Sage Steele, Jay Harris, Bill Simmons, and many more are involved. Students will learn sportscasting inside and out, on camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio, interviewing, and everything in between. At Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, you can earn a bachelor's degree in about half the time, as short as 20 months. And you can choose to earn your degree online or on Full Sail's campus in Orlando, Florida. To learn more about Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to www.fullsail.edu slash woge. That's fullsail.edu slash woge. You talk about that team you have in Utah and this core you have going forward. They could do some things with this roster to create enough salary cap space to go get a big player. If you were a big free agent right now, wouldn't you look at the possibility of teaming up with you and Rudy Gobert and saying, let's take that big three and go play anybody? Can, can you recruit? Do you, do you think your job now over the next couple of years is to start? Can we make the Jazz, can we make Salt Lake a destination place? I think so. Um, I definitely think so. Um, I was the lead recruiter at Louisville. Um, so... Um, I think I, I think I got, I think I signed with, what was it, four or five guys before I left. So I think I, I think I can, I can recruit some guys. Um, Coach P and, and Coach Kenny Johnson taught me some things. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, I think, you know, why, why not play with us? You know, like you look at what we've done, you look at how we moved the ball. You know, guys, we, we play with guys that don't care who, who scores the most, who rebounds the most, who has the most this, who's the most that. We play with guys that genuinely want to win. And I think, if you're a free agent that wants to actually win ball games, like and actually get to the finals and, and not just doing it for show, then where where you want to be? And if you want to get better and develop, and we have the perfect coaches for that because you look at Gordon Hayward, but for between rookie year and then him becoming an All Star, like it's night and day. You know, um, myself um, this season, it's night and day. You look at the <laughs> the first ten games of the season, look at the last ten games. You, I only recognize myself. You know, so you can only imagine what we'd be able to do if we. You know, had that one big piece, which would be great. You know, if not, then, like I said, we we trust our abilities to do to do well. Um, but it would be great to have that that one piece, like you're talking about. I heard your buddy Paul George might be a free agent. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's due. He's due. Um, I think it's in July first. So um, I think that's the day. I'm definitely going to have that conversation. So. <laughs> when you go back to Greenwich, you I know you you went back and did a basketball camp around your hometown, and I saw there was a clip. I think your middle school coach was there and talking about you. People always, I think, want to see that a kid from there hasn't changed. That you went to Louisville, you get drafted in the lottery, and then you have a season in which you might be rookie of the year. You said you're taking on Paul George and James Harden in the playoffs. When you come back there, can you sense that they're feeling around going, is he still the same kid? Are you asking yourself if you're the same kid? I think when I go back and the way I act kind of shows to my, to me and to everyone that I'm the same person. You know, I don't, I try my best. One thing, it's got me into trouble because I try and take pictures with every single person that I, I encounter. And I, I'm at the point now in my life, thank, I'm blessed and thank God that I can't do that. You know, I can't take pictures with the hundreds of people that are waiting. I got, I got places to go. But I remember a certain player in the league, I asked for a photo one day, and he said, yeah, and I went to get a pen, and he turned around, and he was gone. So that memory stuck with me for my whole life. So as it comes to far as taking pictures and with little kids, like I'm never changing uh, my attitude. will never change. Um, I try to be – my mindset has always been if you see me walking down the street and don't know where I am, I probably want to be the most respectable, respectable person you've ever met, you know, and you don't want, I don't want you to know that I'm an athlete and I want to think, oh, is he a lawyer? Is he something like this? Like I speak well, I try and speak well, try and act a certain way. I don't dress crazy, but I just try to be the same person that I've always been. The only difference is as I have a little bit more money so I can dress fancier now. You, you did wear those Adidas sweatshirts. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, definitely did. Whose idea was that? It was, um, I think it was a team thing. Um, it actually, um, it came at the right time, you know, cause he said what he said on, um, ESPN, that interview with Chris Haynes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was it that next game? I had it right and ready available. So it kind of worked out perfectly. It wasn't the plan. I don't think that was the plan for it to happen, but I was going to wear it anyway. But, um, yeah. W- were you pissed off after you heard that interview? Man, it's funny to me. It's, it's just funny. Like, it's naive, but, it is what it is, and I don't think us, as a lot of rookies in this league, that I don't think we base it off of what one guy says. You know, I think we we did our own thing. You know, we don't need the approval of one guy to, to validate what we've done. And, and you look at what Kuzma's done, Fox, Dennis, man, Jason. Like, look what Jason's done, you know. So we don't really need the approval for us to get us upset. It's one guy's opinion. And as I've realized in being in the league, everybody has an opinion, so... <laughs> I want to go back to one thing you were talking about of trying to take every picture and not want to disappoint people who now the lines are longer. There's more people reaching at you when stardom comes like kind of as rapidly as it did for you last year is the hardest thing you have to do is to start to learn to say no to things. Yes. Um, 100%. I'm walking around with my family and I'm in States that I'm thinking, don't even know who I am. Even when I went on my overseas trip, I have kids calling out my name and, yelling out rookie of the year and i'm like man like now i'm at a point where people really do know who i am so like now it's like like what do i do i'm used to the few two or three photos a day cool nothing now i'm getting 15 20 photos a day and if i take one photo with one now it's three people really like oh that's who that is another three or four photos so it's it's tough because you know i don't like saying no but in order for you, and even throughout the season, saying no to commitments, saying no to appearances, 
realizing that your your time is the most valuable thing, you know, and if you're out doing 18 appearances in a week, you're going to burn yourself out. And if you got to go play 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes a night, you're not going to be able to do all that. So I think that's one thing that kind of, to me, changed between November and, and now. And is it that you sort of have to keep kind of centering yourself and saying, like, I've got to focus on the craft. I can't. There is a balance. You do want to do things. We were at All-Star Weekend, and you won slam dunk, and it opens up, like, opportunities to be able to do some things. But I guess it's trial and error to figure out what you can handle. It, it definitely right. is. And the big, the biggest thing with me was with me getting hurt, sitting out for a month. I'm, like, itching to get back. And I'm texting my, my coach, Johnny Bryant, and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm not doing anything. You know, and the one thing I've learned is you need a break. If it was up to me, I'd be playing. I would have been playing a month ago. I would have been playing, like, no problem. You know what I mean? So it's always time to work on your craft, but you got to – like, I tra- I'm i traveling a lot this summer, but at the same right, I'm, I'm – like, I, I got up this morning, got a lift in, got a workout in, got rehab in, and, you know, making sure I got the right guys traveling with me to make sure I take care of my body. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. Even when you can't go on the court, you got to be able to, to work on your craft in other ways, whether it's a massage, um, cold tub – uh, weight training, rehab, um, eating right, which I haven't fully grasped yet. I'm getting, I'm getting better at it, but, um, those little things really, really have an effect on you. You talked about Kobe and you see it with LeBron and, and there's things you can get away with in your twenties physically that you get to a point in your career where guys who don't take care of their bodies in that way, it, the decline is fast. Like, is that something you watch? Yeah, that's, um, I've talked to, to many, several NBA Hall of Famers about it. And that's the one thing they keep constant. Cause I'm a guy who eats pancakes and eggs every morning with bacon, uh, with a lot of syrup. Um, so, uh, that's just, that's all I eat. And right now I can do it, you know, but I think that's probably the only immature part about myself is that I can't give up the pancakes <laughs> to be honest. But I look at those guys and I, I see what they eat. And right now I'm a picky eater too. So right now I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know if I can do it, but that's what separates guys. And people don't understand that. That's what really separates, you know, having certain, um, foods that help rehab your foot, not, um, and things that don't accelerate the uh, process of getting back. Uh, there's so many different things that you can do to help your body that I'm in the process of learning. How do you decide like among the guys you compete with who you can ask a question of? Like where some guys might not want to ever lose an edge against you and say, I'm not helping that kid with anything. Do you find guys who just are not open to it or do you have to build a relationship first before you start I haven't asking? Found, I haven't found one yet. They could be faking it with me. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm the type of guy that asks questions. If you give me an answer that I don't, you, know, you want to hear it, that's fine. But I did my, I did my part. You know, you don't want to get better as you ask. You take pieces from everybody's game and make it yours. And um, at the end of the day, like, we all want to compete against each other, but I feel like this is like a brotherhood, you know, like off the floor, you know, whatever happens on the floor, like we can get into a fight on the court, but after the game, like it's a game, you know, this is life. I'm trying to better myself in life. And I feel like people and guys in this league, they understand that, you know, I think maybe not with everybody, maybe there's stuff that continues off the floor, but I'm a guy that once we leave the floor, like we're, we're, we're colleagues. Now I got to ask you if you, if you need help with a paper, like if you're working at a desk, you need help, with filing something, you know, you can ask your, you ask your, your coworker to help you out. So that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. I need help with how did, let's say like a guy like, uh, like CP, like how did you, like he stretches all the time. Like 
how did you develop that? Who told you that? Why do you do it? Why do you stress this? Why do you stress that? You know, there's so many different things that I ask people that, you know, some guys are afraid to ask. Like, there's no need. Like, they say no. They say no. It's not a problem. But I think um, I always, my thing has been just trying to take pieces from everybody and uh, make it into my own. Donovan, this was awesome, and I appreciate you Thank taking you. time and and just stay away from my job for a while, <laughs> will you? Thank you. I appreciate All right. it. All right. Thanks, Donovan. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell. Remember, you can subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes of this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Apple Pods or wherever else you listen to your shows. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsors today, Freshly, Full Sail University, and ZipRecruiter. Be sure to support them the way they support us here at The Woj Pod. We'll catch you next time.